So I just want to talk to you today just a little bit about um, God being on display. Amen. And I want to just encourage you, as we, as we engage, Daniel already mentioned it, but um, as of Tuesday, that's the 7th, I believe, September 7th, it's the beginning of the Hebrew New Year. It's how many know God has a time clock, and we want to be engaged with God's time clock. And, and I know he, you know he loves the Gregorian time clock. That's something else he, that was created by, by man. But I, I truly believe that we have times and seasons that we want to step into. And, and I, I want to share a little bit about that today, and I want to, I want to unpack a, a few things. I want you to really start to just understand how... I feel like God is beginning to want to, it was already uh, mentioned, even by Lisa earlier, that there's an unveiling, that there's an opening up, that God is in this hour is about to open things up for us if we choose to just step in and abide in that thing. And so I want you to, to have a perspective here this afternoon, this evening, as we, as we engage with the word that the Lord has a, has a time schedule, a time plan, and as far as I'm concerned, it's all about the harvest. It's all about what God's going to bring in. It's about the, the, the earth and uh, God bringing people to Jesus Christ in these last days. Amen? And the church is going to shine gloriously. There'll be a portion. It'll be, the, it'll be, I believe, the remnant church that will begin to shine, arise, shine in a way that we have not seen in even years past. And I know there's been some profound ministries to go out onto the earth and see amazing things, but I believe that God is about to be on display in this hour like we've never known and never understood before. So I, I encourage you to just be in this place of expectancy because the, the year 5782 has significant meaning for us as the body, and, and I really feel like it all is surrounding the tabernacle of David. And I know we had words, we have had words, tabernacle, tabernacle, and I, and I know in the past two years we've had other words that have coincided with this tabernacle of David. So I just want you to jump on Amos chapter 9, verse 11. We'll start there and we'll kind of go through some things. But I truly feel like the Holy Spirit is, I want you to just see a couple things. I just want you to see, if we look at Davidic worship, I'm, I'm just going to bring us into a little um, understanding. Moses' tabernacle had the, the outer court, the inner court, and the holy place. How many know that? See, there was two different tabernacles I'm talking about because the tent that David set up was a completely different looking thing. It was, it was based on worship. It was based on the presence of God in the middle and everything else. All, we all worship around that. <laughs> I'm telling you, God is going to be center stage on everything that's about to happen. And it's not going to be about one man going in. To the holy place, while I do believe that he's anointed the fivefold ministry to do so, but I do believe this, that there's going to be more of a corporate engagement with what God is doing in this hour, and we have to make room for that. And I believe in the days ahead and the, even the next 18 months, God's about to shift things in here. And, and I, I have in my mind things that God downloaded even last weekend that I, I'll continue to like open and unfold, but I, I feel like... The Holy Spirit wants us to put him in the middle. I know we say we do. I know we, we 
I was going to say the word pretend. I know we pretend to, but the Lord is really wanting to be right in the middle of everything. And, and it will not happen until we begin to, begin to uh, cultivate a culture where Jesus is in the center and intercession and prayer. And one thing about the, the, what David had was God was on display for everyone to see. Do you understand what I'm saying? The tent of David did not have sides. It was open. It was a place where you could come in and go. There was no longer animal sacrifice, but there was a, a sacrifice of worship and praise. And David loved praise. David loved worship. How many know that, that you as, as a son of God and, and a, a son of the living God should worship? With, worship has to be paramount in your life. And I'm not talking about either playing a guitar or anything else. I'm talking about the Holy Spirit coming upon your life and, and you desiring him more than anything else. When he's first and foremost in our lives, he becomes the paramount person. It's nothing else. I don't have, I don't have a ministry on an idol, on, as, a, as an idol. <laughs> I don't have a ministry as an idol. I don't have a, 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 a type of worship that I have as an idol. Come on, somebody. I don't have a, a certain way that we do things. It becomes, an, if we get offended... At certain things and the way we do things, I'm telling you, God is trying to drop. He's trying to remove all that stuff from the church right now in this hour. And I, and I realize this, that he is unveiling revelation to this, and this will be progressive. But I'm just going to start us out a little bit tonight, okay, to, to get us kind of pushed in the right direction. Because when David went in, when the ark came to Jerusalem, you remember, he was completely abandoned. And he said, I want this thing. I want, I want the presence of God, the, ta the very ark of his presence in the middle and the center of all things. What would it look like if the, because <laughs> we, see, we see those videos, right, where they're all worshiping in the middle and everyone's around. And I'm not saying it has to look in, in some type of form, but Jesus himself has to be in the center of everything. And so let me just go there and we'll get, we'll get going. But I, I, want to, I want you to see I want you to just look, because there's a restoration. I believe God's restoring some things. He wants to, in, in the process of restoration, he's reigniting some things. And then in the, in the igniting of the thing, he's bringing resurrection. So the Holy Spirit is wanting us to just look at this. It says in verse 11, it says, In that day I will restore the fallen house of David. I will repair its damaged walls. From the ruins I will rebuild and restore the former glory. And Israel will possess what is left of Edom. And all the nations, and all the nations I have called to be mine. The Lord has spoken and he will do these things. The time will come, says the Lord, when the, when the grain and the grapes will grow faster then they can be harvested. It's, it's a little different. They'll grow faster than they can be harvested. They'll grow faster than they can be harvested. And the terrace vineyards and the hills of Israel will drip with sweet wine. 
I will bring my exiled people of Israel back from the, from, the, from the distant land, and they will rebuild their ruined cities, and they will live in them again. They will plant vineyards and gardens, and they will eat their crops and drink the wine, and will firmly plant in their own land, and they will, they will never again be uprooted from the land I have given them, says the Lord your God. And now this is prophetically, it's speaking about Israel, but I'm, I'm going to do, I'm going to actually reflect it prophetically on the church. That's not replacement theology. I'm just going to give it to us as far as God, what he wants to do in the church and how he wants to be, how he, how he wants us to pertain these things to our, our situation, our lifetime, uh, what God's doing in this hour. Acts 15 and verse 16, and I just want you to see something here. It says, afterwards I will return and restore the fallen house of David. It's taken from the same scripture. It says, I will rebuild the ruins and I will restore it so that the rest of humanity might seek the Lord, including the Gentiles. And those I have called to be mine, the Lord has spoken who has made these things known to you long ago. I want you to see that God's idea of us Stepping into this reality is right there in the book of Acts. Because, because, here it goes. The, in the book of Acts, the apostles believed this, that they were brought back at this time to walk in the fullness of the res restoration of the tabernacle of David. How much more so for us in this day as we begin to step into those things and what those things look like, what do those things look like? It's absolutely Jesus being the center. It's absolutely abandoned worship. It's absolutely giving ourselves com completely to the ministry of Luke 4.18 all over the earth. It's the ministry of Jesus all over the earth. And I believe this, that God is trying to build a house that will look like him. Can I say this? That in the tabernacle of Moses, it was, a, it was given by heaven. As a, It was given to Moses in Exodus 25 to show what heaven looks like on earth. Amen? It was given to Moses to give a, a, a picture and actually a replica that they would reproduce, that they would lift up, they would tear down and move with them. Because they wanted this, they, that God desired that they dwell in this place. And then David came along and he ripped out all the innards of that thing. He removed all the process and he made wide open worship. And that is where we are to live in this day. There is no longer, because of the blood of, just think of this, just think of this. <laughs> I was thinking of the gospel message. Jesus, actually the Holy Spirit, came to a teenage girl. And impregnated her. She birthed the Son of God, the Son of Man, into the earth, and he walked in complete obedience and did displays of God all over the earth for three years. He died, crucified, gave his life, gave himself up so that you and I would step into that promise 
of the Holy Spirit being poured out on the day of Acts. And after that, these men realize, listen, this is, what, this is the time that we're living in. We're living in the restoration of all things. We're living that God wants to pull us into this place where Jesus' return is dependent upon us and our, and our amplification of worship, not because of how loud it was, because how big our hearts are and how much we look to the King and how much we desire the return of Jesus Christ in this day. And so it has to go from, uh, the, and it's so important, ready? I'm going to talk about just our community, not just this community, but the community of the body of Christ that has to come together in one place and one space and begin to come into unity de desiring the return of the king. Amen. It's the John 17 mandate on the church. Here's the thing. God has called us to the, this place of intercession where we desire. And I'm, I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit wants us to be in this place. God wants to bring a new beginning even on the 7th. Are you hearing me? Even in two days, he wants to bring a new beginning to your life. Even maybe today, he wants to bring a new beginning to us because he desires that we step into the fullness of what he's called us to in this hour and not miss it. And I'm telling you, you are born out of the loins of the Father. God has birthed you out of his loins. If you're born again in this place, you are born from heaven. You are born from above. You have the DNA of Christ. And this is, this is what I'm trying to get at. The Holy Spirit is calling a generation to begin to reveal the DNA of the Father. You are genetically connected to Jesus Christ. And that, and that one person is now in heaven sitting next to the Father interceding for you. Interceding with you, believing for his kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven. And there has to be a desire within us to partner with Jesus to, to, to begin to pray and intercede in this day so that we can see the coming of the Lord. I mean, I started to think, when was the last time I even heard a message on the coming of the Lord? If I listen to Mike Bickle, I'd hear it. <laughs> but 99% but of the time, people are, are trying to, you know, encourage one another, and, and it's good. But we need to get to, back to the basic thing of God is coming back sometime. And, and we want to we hasten the day. You want to quicken the day. Oh, someone, do you want to stay here? Because I don't want to stay here. I want to see the harvest come. So why the open display? Here's the thing. Here's the, here's the thing that I feel like the Lord revealed to me. The open display in the Davidic uh, worship, in the, in the tabernacle being restored, in the, in the fullness of this. Uh, Bob Jones, I think, said he saw the church rising up. It no longer had four corners, but it was round. That means it was circular, and circular is always revelation. But not only that, when the winds come, when something goes against it, it's rounded, it's shaped so that it can take anything that would come against it. And I'm telling you today that God is trying to raise up an army, however you want to call it, a remnant, a chosen priesthood. You are a chosen priesthood, a royal generation. But he's, he's trying to rise up that, that generation to walk in the fullness of, of what he's called us to in this hour. And that means that when the winds and the waves come, 
and things begin to challenge us, we don't waffle, we don't buckle. And the Holy Spirit is saying, listen, the place where you stay is the place of worship. If I'm the center of everything, if I'm the very focus of every person in this place, if the Lord is the very focus, if Jesus' eyes, his burning eyes is the, are the focus of what our hearts are towards, then we don't miss one thing. It doesn't matter where you're located. It doesn't matter where you're going. It doesn't matter what comes in between you and that place. It's the Holy Spirit that's going to keep you. And so there has to be a desire to go to that place. Amen? Amen. See, I believe that the Lord is, is, is drawing on the church right now to step into in Ephesians chapter uh, Ephesians 2 20 church. And I'm and I, I think this all coincides. I think that the, the Lord's perspective and the re revelation he gave to Paul, the Lord's perspective is this, because this was written by the Holy Spirit. It says, together, he is, we are one, we are his house. Everyone say his house. His house. We are his house. That means everyone in this room has a, your, your, your living stones that are being built up into a habitation. Amen. You're living stones that are being built up into a habitation. That means everyone has a role. Everyone has something that, that they can contribute. Everyone has this place. But some of us, we choose just to sit and wait by the wayside. Some of us are trying to figure out what our role is. And I'm saying this, that God has a specific role, and, and he'll expand that role as we get, begin to plug in. And I'm not doing that for church growth here. I'm, I'm saying I feel like the body of Christ, as soon as we learn where our place is, as soon as we come into community, as soon as we come together, everyone say together. Because you, you can't go where you need to go by yourself. You can't go where you need to go by yourself. It's not going to happen. And God wants to bring a collaboration, not just of this church, but other churches into, into a, a fellowship that we've never understood or seen before. I promise you this, because all the walls have to drop. All the things that break us up, all the, all the denominational things, and we might, may, may not run with every single person and every single denomination, but God is saying, I am trying to build a house. I'm trying to build a place. I'm trying to build a place where my glory can abide. I'm trying to build a place where will you, will you, will you come and will you cooperate with what I'm doing in this hour? And that's the question I have for all of us in this room. Together, we are his house, built on the foundation of apostles and prophets. And the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. We are carefully joined together with him. That's how, it's, how the language is in the New Living Trends. Carefully joined together in him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. Through him, you Gentiles are also being made a part of this dwelling where God lives by his spirit. <laughs> Why? Because there was always the Jew-Gentile thing going on in the church, right? When the, when the, so the, Corinth, the Corinthian church and the Ephesian church, they were all just like, you know, Paul's just trying to pull them all in. And, and God wants to bring us together as one. Why? The... the the first is the foundation. The foundation is found on what? The apostles and the prophets. The foundation is with Jesus being the chief cornerstone. And, and listen, can you just pull on me? Pull on me today. I need your help today. Just pull on me a little. 
I, I really believe this, that the apostolic and the prophetic are the foundation. It says it right there. It's the foundation. It's the foundation. It's the foundation. It's the foundation. Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone. Jesus is the one that everything hinges on. Amen? And the apostles and prophets, I guess, would be the gates. <laughs> they open and shut the doors for what's coming in and going out. And we need the apostolic. So if you think it's weird, you should probably get off the train now. If you think the prophets are weird, you should probably get off the train now. I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit is calling for the Holy Spirit, for the apostolic and the prophetic to come into alignment in this hour. And it can't happen. It's not just because one guy's an apostle or, or five people are the apostolic whatever whatever we want to call them it's it's because you have an apostolic say people you have a prophetic people yes so this is how it happens and i believe that he does use the apostle and the prophet don't get me wrong but i do believe that you are apostolic you are prophetic. If you're in this place, you better start getting apostolic and prophetic. Something better happen. But God is trying to do this, and he's trying to lay a foundation. If you don't have understanding of the apostolic and the prophetic, you need to because just study the word. Just begin to indulge into the word. Just begin to grab hold of the word because he wants to do things. Why? Because the apostles release signs and wonders, and the prophets bring guidance. And the apostles are, are given the ability to uh, administrate and kind of bring, like, form. Are we getting that? They help bring formation of churches. They, they raise up ministries. They, they help. And so pray, 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 pray that the apostolic, apostolic anointing falls on this place hard. Don't you want that? Because we want us to be formed into a beautiful image of Jesus in the earth and we want to be able to reflect the image of Christ and so the same goes with the prophetic right the prophetic prophetic councils prophetic roundtables it's all happening in the earth today but the fullness of the apostolic is just rising and so here here we are September 7th what does it look like I believe that God opens up opens it up it's a picture of a tent happens to be a picture of a tent happens to be a picture of a tent Where God begins to unveil, and this is just some of the language in the, in the letters. I'm not going to get into the hey and the D and the ba. I, I don't do that. I won't do it. But I'm just going to give you concept because God's bringing a new habitation. Amen. And speaking of the tent, because the tent speaks of a place to dwell. Do you want to dwell? Yeah. Do you want to abide? Yeah. Or do you just want the Lord to show up and leave? I'd rather have a habitation where God shows up, stays, abides, and blows things up. And the only thing that's going to screw it up is man and the flesh and carnality. And so how much more do I have to yield myself? How much more do you have to yield yourself? Because I'm telling you, the enemy is on the prowl. He's trying to get the church to get despondent. It. Ready? You want to know what, what happened over the last two years? It's, it's the ability to see if the church has a backbone. It's God testing, does the church have a backbone? Can we step, and step in and step up? Or do we cower back in, in, in the time of shaking? Oh, it's getting quiet in this Presbyterian church. I feel like 
the Spirit of God is testing the church right now, and we're, and we're being tested. Are, are you going to walk in unity? Are you going to walk with faith? Are you going to walk into the darkness? Into the darkness, because it's going to be, no, the light only burns bright in the darkness. Are you going to walk into the darkness and begin to burn bright? That means as we gather, as we worship, as we continue to praise, that's the thing that basically lights us up and ignites us for what God wants to do out there. Are you hearing me? The Holy Spirit is drawing you into this place of deep worship. I'm not saying I do my hour, I check out, and listen to the word. It's okay. But that's not what God wants. The Holy Spirit wants you to engage. And that means more than, more than even a Sunday or a, whatever we do in our rituals for, for all our stuff, right? All the stuff that we call ministry. God wants to be blazing on fire inside of you. He wants the word of the Lord bubbling inside of you. He wants the Holy Spirit, as we come into a prayer meeting on Tuesday night, he wants the fire. He wants the glory. He wants the abiding glory in this place, 20 of us or however many. He wants the abiding glory to move and breathe and, and just fill this place. And it doesn't matter about the numbers. It's about what's happening. What's the substance inside of you that's driving you? And do you have a desire to touch people out there? Because some of us want to get into and step into ministry, but we're, we're actually we're, we're numb to humanity. We're numb to our brothers and sisters around us. We're numb to things that are going on around us. I am, I tend to, like, I have to check myself. Do you have a pulse on where people are at? Do you have a pulse on what's going on? Unfortunately, I discern too much and I can pick everything up. And then I just, instead of doing certain things, I, I just start, oh, shut up, ba ba ta ta ba ba God is wanting to ignite the fire of heaven inside of you out of a place of worship, out of a place of desire, out of the place of him being center. I'm telling you, nothing else matters. Yes, your, your, the, your vocations matter, yes. But that's all in a, in a, that's a part of what God's doing in the overall picture. Amen? And the Holy Spirit's going to bring us into this place. God has the key of David. That is, the key of David is worship. The key of David is that apostolic key, I believe, David was a king. David was not, <laughs> I'm reading through the life of David right now. David was not soft guy. Yeah, he loved the Lord with all his heart, but this guy was a warrior. He was a prophet. He was a king. And he was a priest. The priestly ministry worships. The prophetic, obviously, is prophetic, but the kingship is ruler and authority. The Holy Spirit is wanting out of the place of the tabernacle of David, dominion to rule. It's not just we're going to play and we're going to sing and we're going to intercede. No, dominion goes forth. That means that in the tabernacle of David, you're stirred to the point of God flaming you, I mean, lighting you up blazing inside of you that you begin to declare and decree what's happening into the earth you just begin to declare and decree we want to come against diseases we want to come against paralysis we want to come against all these things we there's demonic spirits that are at work there is actually the leviathan spirit that's at work in the church right now that's trying to choke and shut things down hello and the and the apostolic and the prophetic need to rise up and take authority over that thing the house of david needs to stand up and rise and take authority over that thing 
Come on, you're a part of the house of David. So verse 21 in what I just read out of Ephesians 2.21 speaks of the temple of his body. And that means we are all connected building one body. Building one body. Building not one church, but one body. The ecclesia, the government of God being released in the earth. Amen? And then it turns into a what? A habitation. In verse 22, right? A habitation. How many want to be a habitation? How many want to live in this place of habitation? And the Lord is going to do that. He's going to shift things for you. And he's going to begin to change. You know, God's tired of being boxed up. Do you know that? Yeah, and that's why even when we look at the at the tent of at the tabernacle of David, it's the tent flaps were up. See, God wants to be on display for the whole world to see. Do you know that? I'm saying that to you, and we say yes, yes. But the Lord is is wanting us to be in in a strategic position, even in the house of prayer, even in even in our Sunday night service. He wants us to be in a place of strategy, believing that God's going to release. A strategy for what it looks like and how how the Holy Spirit's going to begin to move in our midst. And listen, basic things that you just go out and you share your, your faith. But the reality is God wants to do bigger and greater things than that. He wants a, he wants a thrust into the earth. The Bible says that the that the the that the the <laughs> stuttering today said that the plowman will overtake the reaper. That means the harvest is coming faster and quicker than we can understand. The, the harvest is coming quicker and faster than we can understand. The, here's the issue. Is the church getting out? One of, you know, a few ministries are going out. I say a few because in light of world harvest, in light of world harvest, what does it look like? So many people are wide open if we just stop and pray with them. So many people just would, would receive prayer if you just stop for a minute because we get in our church boxes and we don't get out of them. We get in our church car, go to, go to church. We get in, in the church and then we go back in our church car and go home. And we don't do anything in between. And God's tired of being boxed up. I felt like he spoke that to me, that he wants everyone, everyone to begin to step into a, a new place. And so September 7th is just a marking time. But, but we can make a decision at any point in our lives to just begin to step into the, to the new and, and into the, new, the great thing that he has ahead. So I'm just desiring that the spirit of God would come in such a way and overtake us so that we would see the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. I'm just going to read this, and we're, gonna, we're just going to believe the Lord to just move. I'm reading out of Isaiah 43. Start in verse 14. 
This is what the Lord says, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. For your sakes, I will send an army against Babylon, forcing the Babylonians to flee in those ships they're so proud of. I'm the Lord, your Holy One, Israel's creator and king. I'm the Lord who opened the way through the waters, making a dry path through the sea. I called, I called forth the mighty army of Egypt with all its chariots and horses, and I drew from beneath the waves, and they were drowned. And they lived as their lives snuffed out, excuse me, out of the smoldering candle wick. Verse 18 says this. Forget all that. My God. Forget all that. It's nothing compared to what I'm going to do. For I'm about to do something new. See, I've already begun. Do you not see it? I'll make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. The wild animals of the field will thank me. And the jackals and the owls too. For giving them water in the desert. Yes, I will make rivers in the dry wasteland. So my chosen people can be refreshed. Everyone say, thank God for refreshing. I have made Israel for myself, and they will someday honor me before the whole world. Can you understand the concept that the prophet begins to speak here? He says, but forget all that. I could just preach that tonight. That's enough. Forget all that. Forget the fact that I took Moses, he struck the rod, water came out, all the miracles that happened, all the rivers being filled with, with blood, all the, all the plagues that came against Egypt, all those things out of the mouth of the prophet. And then he came to the place where it was the, the moment of truth, whether they were crossing over or they were staying and getting mauled by the Egyptians. No, it says that the sea split open. It's not a cartoon book. It's the reality of what God does when we're in a jam. He opens everything up so that we can get through. But the prophet Isaiah says, forget all that. Forget what he's done in the past. Can I say to you, even in, in, in light of what, what worship may even look like in the days ahead, in the light of how God wants to light your life on fire again, in any way that looks, he wants to resurrect and bring to life those dead things that are inside of you. That means forget what was in the past. Paul said, forget what's behind. We press on towards the mark. Here he says, forget all that. Forget all the miracles. Because what I'm about to do is going to blow your mind. What I'm about to do in the earth is going to go on display in front of everyone in the universe. And all creation will see. Why? Because all creation's groaning. For the revealing of the sons of God. And that would be you in this room. That would be you in this room. All of creation. There has to be a desire within us to step into the fullness of this. That the Holy Spirit will begin to wow us. Everyone say wow. You think like, I know, you need, I know we need inner healing. I know we need our lives in order. I know we need to be good disciples. And discipleship should come every day as you pray and you look under the word and we get taught. Come on, 
But I'm telling you, God has another level of what he wants to display on the earth in this hour. I'm telling you, he wants to do a new thing inside of you. He has something brand new that he wants to do. And it's not hype, it's truth. The word says it right there. The word continues to bring it to us week after week, day after day. If you read this book, it's filled with miracles. It's filled with signs. It's filled with wonders. It's filled with transformation. It's filled with principles to live by. So I live healthy and I live my life according to the word of God. And I'm blessed and I'm prosper in everything. And then even if I, even if something comes upon my life or or comes towards me that's not of him, I have the ability to walk through it. So you've been created as an overcomer to walk in such a way, and you must, listen, rise up from the grave. Rise up from the place of, uh, where it's despair, and, and no longer you have faith to see anything happen. God's calling the church to rise up out of this place, to rise into newness of life, to rise into the newness of life which Christ gave us, and he, he deposited inside of us. Forget all that. It's nothing compared to what I'm going to do. Can I just leave you with that tonight? Can I just leave you with that tonight? See, I've already begun it. And now I feel like the Lord is always speaking. He's about to, step, he's about to open up something brand new for you. Like every day that you wake up, God has something he wants to give to you. It's not just here it's not just at a bible study it's not just when you're listening to your favorite youtuber every day the lord has something he wants to release to you can i say this do you have faith that the seventh could change something do you have faith that there's actually, it's a season where God wants to come and abide, where he wants to actually engage with you in a new way? Do you have faith to believe that he could come in and begin to begin to speak to you and begin to open up revelation to you if you would just give him a moment? Ah, it might be more than a moment. Usually when I'm waiting on the Lord, it's a long moment. So I want you to be encouraged in those moments, even now. Just stand with me. Just stand. believe God can release a great outpouring on the seventh when you're at home. That's just what I believe. I know we tend to get fixated on a, on a service and God to begin to ignite something there and I think he will ignite something here right now. 
But I want you to have perspective. God is wanting to open up the realm of worship in your life in such a way. He's wanting to restore it. Are you hearing me? He wants to restore it to a new thing that you've not experienced before. He wants to restore it and remove everything that gets in the way. He wants to pull the things out that cause you to stumble in the midst of a worship time. (laughs) I promise you. I promise you. He wants to remove the offenses in the heart. He wants to remove the the narrow-mindedness we get when we think of what it looks like to worship Jesus. And he wants to bring you into a deep, deep place with him. So he can blow and release the flame of revelation to you. And in that place of revelation, I know he resurrects dreams in life and he begins to show you all kinds of things because the Lord himself is life. So even tonight, you may need something resurrected. You may want to come forward for prayer. You may need to be reignited. You may need restoration. You may need all of the three. That's okay. God will do it. But I just give, we're just going to give open, we're going to give room for the Lord to do so. Amen? Amen. So, Father, I thank you that you're just beginning to open up. And you can come anytime you want. (laughs) God, we thank you that you're beginning to open up the place of restoration. Lord, you're beginning to, Lord, ignite us into the new thing, Lord. I thank you that you are calling us into the dwelling place with you. You're calling us into that dwelling place with you. You're calling us into that place where we abide, where we live. Lord, restore Restore any breaches in the walls. Restore and recover everything. And Lord, I thank you that you're going to ignite, reignite. Lord, revive, reestablish, God. And open up, Father. Things we haven't... Things that have been smoldering and I'm telling you the God the Lord wants to open up and burn bright on things that have been smoldering in your life he wants to just burn bright in that area right there and the spirit of God wants to resurrect resurrect that desire inside of you to chase after him with all your heart. So, Father, we just thank you. Lord, we open up the floodgates right now. We thank you, Father, for heaven in this place. Lord, we step beyond the veil, and we thank you, Father. You're opening up. We thank you for living waters in this space right now, in this place right now.
we desire your life. Lord, we desire that you be center of everything, Father, right now in these moments. You're center. You're center. You're right in the middle of everything. Lord, may our worship be pure. May our hearts be pure. May our eyes be fixed, God, in these days, Father. I thank you, God, for a shift that's happening even tonight, God. I thank you that our eyes are on you, God, and that you're going to begin to bring us into new places. Lord, we put, put aside all the things that we've seen you do in the past. We put it aside. We don't, we don't take it for granted. Lord, it's in our history books with you, but you, your word says, forget about those things. Forget about them and move into the new thing that I have. So we step into that now, Father, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name.